Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining us again today. Listen, today I want to speak a very simple message called the receipt of resurrection. In the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, the Apostle Paul makes this incredible clarion call, this statement that just um, stands above all the other statements of righteousness and salvation being the result of a person's performance. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then the Gentile. I love this announcement that he says, listen, there's a whole bunch of things in my life, in my past, in church history that I have cause to be ashamed about, but I'll never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What does gospel mean? You know, the word gospel simply means glad tidings. A better way of putting that would be good news. What Paul was saying is, I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, it's good news of God's salvation made available to our lives through what he did with Jesus on the cross 2000 years ago. Now, when we talk about this good news of what Jesus achieved for us, it's vital that we understand what Jesus achieved for us so that we can purpose to live in the good of what he's completed and done and not live religious lives trying to make things happen that Jesus has already concluded and finished in the perfect work of redemption. Now, when we talk about the good news of Jesus and what he achieved for us, we speak specifically about his death, his burial and his resurrection and how when we believe in him, the benefits of what he achieved in his death burial and resurrection become ours. That's what we mean by the terminology, we're saved or we experience salvation. What happens is we become uh, people who benefit and live in the good of something that's already been completed. You know, when we speak about the cross, when we speak about the death of Jesus, we often focus a lot of our time on the first third specifically the death of Jesus. Now, we know that there was the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and praise the Lord, the resurrection of Jesus. But a lot of the time when we talk about the good news of the gospel, we seem to focus on the death of Jesus, the work of the cross, which is vitally important. But I wonder sometimes if we spend enough time talking about the resurrection. Don't get me wrong. All three parts are important and powerful. The book of Romans uh, chapter six encourages us that we encourage or we acknowledge and we actually identify with all three parts that his death became our death, his burial became our burial and that's portrayed in water baptism and his resurrection has become our resurrection to newness of life. But a lot of the time I think we focus on the cross and the death of Christ and not enough on the resurrection, that moment when the father in heaven rose his son from the dead, from the grave, and it was for our benefit. Now, maybe you're watching today and you say, this sounds a little bit like an Easter message. Well, let's be honest. It's a shame that we keep the preaching of the gospel or what God achieved at the cross through Christ to one weekend in the year, isn't it? 
I believe that every day we should be celebrating Easter. Every day we should be celebrating Christmas. Every day we should be celebrating the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus for our sins, and the resurrection of Christ for our righteousness. These are not things that we should trap or contain or incarcerate in a single weekend. Now, how important is the resurrection? That's the question I want to look at for a few moments today. Well, according to the Apostle Peter, our new birth is the result of his resurrection. Our new birth, the fact that we are new creations, that we can say and know that we are born again, born of the Spirit, is the result of his resurrection. Let me read to you from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's given us great mercy. He's given us new birth. We've now been brought into a living hope, not a dead hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's interesting that Peter doesn't say through the death, burial and resurrection, but focuses on the resurrection. Now, also, when you look at the message that the apostles carried, you know, when they went out into the nations after that moment when Jesus commissioned them, he sent them into the nations of the world with the message of the kingdom, but also the message of the resurrection from the dead of who he was. Often when you look at the speaking or the messages that the apostles carried to different places, yes, they mentioned the death of Christ. They mentioned the burial of Christ, but a lot of times they mentioned how Christ has been risen from the dead. They placed great focus on the resurrection of Christ in the gospel or the good news that they shared. A couple of examples for you. Acts 26 verse 23, it says that they were talking to um, a group of people and their announcement to them was that Jesus was the first to rise from the dead. They didn't speak of his death, but also included and emphasized that he was the first to rise from the dead. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, Paul announces to the Corinthians how God had raised his son Jesus up from the grave. Again, you suddenly see that the apostles, the early church, put a lot of emphasis upon the resurrection of Jesus, not just the death and the burial. Now, in some ways, the resurrection of Christ is actually the most important part. Now, just stay with me on that thought. Maybe you're saying, no, no, the death, no, the burial. All parts are important. But think about it. If he'd never rose from the dead, the other parts wouldn't have been validated and the benefit of what was achieved in the other two parts wouldn't have been released, validated and approved for us to experience. That's our salvation. Let's look at that a little bit further. The resurrection of Christ is in actually uh, in many ways more important than the death of Christ because if there'd been no resurrection, what he'd achieved would not have been approved, so it wouldn't have been activated. Now, this is an interesting thought. On the cross, Jesus was judged 
and punished for sin. In his death, he paid for our sin. In his rising from the dead, this payment was received and validated. The blood that he shed on the cross was received by the Father in heaven. The payment for the sin that had been made was received, accepted and acknowledged. And the evidence that the payment of his blood was enough was the fact that the resurrection took place. You see, if Jesus' blood shed in his death wasn't enough for our redemption and the forgiveness of our sin, then God couldn't have raised him from the dead because he represented us. Our sins were upon him. He was that place of transaction. His life was the representation or the representative of us and our sin. So the fact that he rose from the dead is evidence that God the Father said the payment of his blood shed for our sin was enough to remove the debt of sin for those who believe. Indeed, the whole world. But we enter into the salvation and the forgiveness of God through that moment of belief or placing faith in Christ. So the cross had satisfied God's heart for what was needed for the payment of sin. How do we know that God's heart was satisfied with the payment of sin? Because the resurrection took place. The resurrection of Jesus was God's invoice in some ways or receipt of our salvation that gives us a perfect assurance and confidence that we have been saved. Now think about that. It's like if somebody owed something and the payment that was owed was returned to the creditor, the creditor would release a note that said, there is no more debt. Now the resurrection is many things, but one of the things to me that I really enjoy comparing it to, the best example I've ever heard really of the resurrection was it was the receipt or invoice that God gives us to know the debt we once had has been finalized and completely paid for, paid in full by the blood <clears throat> that Jesus shed on the cross. Now, I've got my wallet with me today in my wallet. There's some cards, there's some identity cards, but there's also a number of uh, receipts in my wallet. And if I was to get my wallet, I could pull out one of those receipts. What would that receipt represent? It would represent that I went to a shop and I took something, but that something needed to have payment made. It needed to be paid for. And I'd paid the money, the full money. I hadn't shoplifted. I hadn't stolen it. I'd paid the full amount for that thing that I was buying. And because I'd paid the full amount, the, the person had given me a receipt or an invoice that declared that there was no longer a debt on that thing. It was a completed purchase. We need to understand and celebrate the resurrection as a receipt that God gives us so that we can have a confidence and remove any ifs from our lives concerning whether we truly have been saved, whether the blood of Jesus was enough to save us. Now, the fact that Jesus was risen from the dead 
is the evidence that the blood that he shed on the cross was not just enough, more than enough to settle the requirement in the Father's heart for our sin to be removed. Now, without a resurrection, a rising of Jesus from the dead, there would be a couple of issues remaining, wouldn't there? Number one, Jesus would have been no different to many others who had claimed to be God or claimed to be deity. There were no shortage of people then as there aren't today, of people wandering around saying, I am God, follow me, I've come from heaven. But none of them ever rose from the dead. Many of them claimed to be God, to be from God, but everything they claimed, the salvation that they claimed came through them, died with them, because when they died, they were no more. Yet with Jesus Christ, like Paul said, he was the first to rise from the dead. He was the only one to rise from the dead who made the way for us to have no fear of death. Because just as he rose from the dead, one day when we close our eyes to this life and experience physical death, we too have an assurance that because he rose, we will rise also. But another point that I think without a resurrection there would be complications would be that we would be left with huge question marks, what ifs, or hopes that weren't guaranteed. If we didn't see Jesus not just die on the cross for our sins, be buried as payment for our sins, and then risen to newness of life by the power of the Holy Spirit to be seated at the right-hand side of the Father, we could be walking around the earth saying, I wonder if what he did worked. I wonder if his blood was enough. I wonder if the payment of his blood did what he said it would do. See, if he hadn't risen from the dead or if there was a confusion in our hearts about the resurrection, we would have all of these question marks. But the fact that he has risen, he has risen from the dead, that on the third day, the power of the Holy Spirit raised him from the grave is our confidence not to have question marks, not about his resurrection, but also our salvation. Because the reason he died on the cross and shed his blood was to make payment for our sin. The thing that separated us from fellowship with the Father. The thing that had caused us to be in spiritual death instead of spiritual life. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead is the declaration of heaven, mission fully accomplished. If he did everything he came to do, and remember some of the final words on the cross that he spoke out was, it was finished. If he completed everything that he wanted to do or came to do, had the mission to do when he came to earth, then we can have a confidence and an assurance that we're not could be saved, might be saved. No, Paul says, if you've placed faith in Jesus Christ and you've unashamedly placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you can have a perfect assurance that everything that God wanted to give you in his salvation has become yours through his son. Now, Paul teaches this reality um, in a really strong way in a letter that he wrote to the Corinthians. 
And it was a letter that was about resurrection. It included resurrection. But in many ways, it was a response to some wrong teaching that was being taught by different groups of people who were around in that time. One of those groups of people would have been the Sadducees. Now, you can read about this in Matthew 22, 23, that the Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. They believed at the end of a person's life, that was it. And uh, hey, maybe that was the reason that they were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in resurrection. But actually what they were believing and what they were teaching <coughs> in their services was wrong. So Paul came to correct the error of uh, no resurrection and bring in the truth of a definite resurrection, first of Christ, but also now for us. Let me read you these verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 19. But if it is preached that Christ <coughs> has been risen from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? He says, if we're preaching that Christ has been risen from the dead, how can some of you be saying he hasn't? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ himself has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is our faith in God. These are really strong words. Then in verse 15, he says, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him. In fact, um, the dead are not raised. He's saying that's what the alternative is, which isn't a viable alternative. Verse 16, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been risen either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. And also those who have fallen asleep in Christ are actually lost. He's speaking of those who have died and gone before us. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all people to be pitied the most. So what Paul was saying was a number of things as he unpacked this, um, this, this, this thought that he had. He says, what we claim to believe about forgiveness of sin is false and pointless if there is no resurrection. He says, Ev everything we're preaching to you about the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of sin, if there's no resurrection to give evidence that the blood was received in the courts of heaven by the Father and every debt was cancelled, he said, then all of our preaching is pointless and it's a waste of time. But then he also says that if there's no resurrection, we have no confidence concerning what happens to us when we die, but also those who we love who died and have gone before us who had placed their faith in Christ. He's saying if there is no resurrection, number one, if it's just about this life, we're of most people just to be pitied. If God is just about this life, that's good, but it's not as good as understanding that he's also about the life that we will live with him for all eternity beyond this one. But then he says, think about those who you've loved who placed faith in him and have died. If there's no resurrection, when you said see you later at the funeral, 
it was actually goodbye and you're not going to see them again. That's horrific. That's terrible. I've had many people that I've loved that have gone before me to heaven, including my own mother. And my confidence at her funeral or the celebration of her life was that I would be seeing her again. Why? Because the Bible preaches not just the forgiveness of sin at the cross, but the resurrection that we can expect for those who went before us, for ourselves. Why? Because Christ himself rose from the dead. That is why the gospel is good news. It's good news of sin paid for, debt settled, bill paid, trespasses forgiven because of a payment made through the life of Christ, received and acknowledged by the Father, the resurrection being the fact that if the blood wasn't enough to forgive our sins, he couldn't have risen from the dead. But Jesus did rise from the dead, which meant every payment for our sin, our transgression and our trespasses has been settled. The debt over your life and over my life is removed the moment we place faith in the perfect and finished work of Christ. His resurrection, the, the receipt of our confidence. Okay. Let these joyful words that we normally speak around Easter time fill your hearts afresh today. I'm speaking of that moment when they go to the tomb to visit the dead Jesus. They'd seen him crucified. They'd seen him buried in a tomb. And then you read this beautiful passage in Matthew 28 verse 6 where they arrive at the tomb to see the dead Jesus. And all of a sudden they're greeted there. Uh, by an angel, a representative of heaven. And he says to them, you're looking for Jesus. You're looking for the physical body of Jesus. You're looking for the Jesus that you followed and walked with on the earth over the last three and a half years. He's not here. He is risen. Just as he said, come with me now and see the place where he once laid but isn't there anymore because he was raised to newness of life by the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit because everything that needed to be paid for in the courts of heaven and the heart of the Heavenly Father were completely and totally not just paid for, overpaid for. His resurrection is a confidence that we are saved through Christ. Now we don't live to try and produce our salvation. Rather, we live in the good of what the Father has achieved for us through that incredible moment that happened 2,000 years ago where his son went to the cross to be judged and punished for our sin, where his son went to the grave as payment for sin made, but then the son rose from the grave to announce every sin that separated a person from God has been removed. Let his certain resurrection be the receipt of your complete salvation. Let it be what fuels your expectation of the fulfillment of every other good thing that God has promised you. 
See, salvation isn't just about our eternal dwelling beyond the grave. It's about our wholeness. It's about our healing. It's us believing that we can be healed, that we can be sound of mind, that we can experience the providence of God. Also, all of those things are attached to the receipt of resurrection because everything that God, everything that Jesus said could be ours was validated as our, as our possession by his resurrection. So we don't just expect our eternal salvation, but every other good thing that Jesus said that we could expect. You know, all of these things are experienced by us simply believing in him. I am not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God for the saving, the salvation, body, soul and spirit of everyone who what? Works, achieves, performs. No, everyone who believes. For the Jew, but also the Gentile. For male, for female, for young, for old. There are no longer any divisions to who can approach God and his salvation. In fact, Jesus says, whoever comes to me can experience this salvation whoever comes through me can be reunited with the father so what activates everything that god has purchased for us to enjoy is our simple belief that jesus christ was and is the son of god that he came to earth as god clothed in man made payment for the sin of man was raised from the dead so that we could have a confidence of sin forgiven and a resurrection that will be our experience beyond the life that we live here. Remember what Paul said, the good news of salvation, the power of God working in him, this salvation that he's given us is for everyone that chooses to believe. If you've never believed, Take a moment today to acknowledge Jesus as saviour. If you've never said, Jesus, you are the son of God. You died on a cross for my sin. Why not take a moment to do it now? You don't need to be in a church to pray that prayer. God will hear you where you are right now. A simple prayer made from the heart of an honest person that says, I place faith in you, Jesus. Be my saviour. I enter into the salvation that you provided for me in your death, burial and resurrection 2000 years ago. I can experience the salvation of it right here, right now, today. You know, when you pray that prayer, you can have an assurance that heaven hears that prayer. The moment you pray that prayer, the Bible says you become born anew, born of the spirit every sin forgiven, a friend of God, someone that belongs in his household. I hope you've enjoyed this today. God bless.